0: culture to politics this is the Michael Medved show
1: and another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth a great nation where there is nonetheless great fear the fear that goes across the country there's a brand new study that says that over half of Americans feel as if we are in imminent danger at least once a day danger from what Uh, We will get to that coming up on The Michael Medved Show. We will also talk about the fact that for Republicans who are hoping for good results in senatorial and gubernatorial and House elections coming up, uh, there's one less uh, fear, uh, one less imminent danger that uh, people don't have to worry about anymore. It doesn't seem to me. It seems like that danger has gone away and just in time. What danger are we talking about? We will get to that. There is also a report that this is a summer for a Trump slump. And this coming, despite the uh, speech, big speech, a lot of coverage that Trump gave during his first return visit to Washington, D.C., since he left the White House, which, as you recall, was before the inauguration of his successor, which was a fairly unique development not seen since Andrew Johnson, another president who was impeached. And, uh, and before that, the two Adamses. Uh, w- so what is the story with the Trump slump? We'll uh, speak to Josh Kroshauer who wrote about the fact that while he still dominates the Republican field and most people believe he is likely to be the Republican nominee in 2024, it is a little bit less certain than it was in the past. Is this because Trump is, as he claims, the uh, most prosecuted, persecuted individual in the whole history of the United States? He said that uh, twice in his recent speech to the America First Study Institute, a think tank that was set up with former Trump appointees and very strong Trump supporters. Uh, We will get to that, Trump on the homeless, and uh, there is more. A charge that one of the prospective rivals to Donald Trump is actually sanctioned, and met with, and involved with Nazis, is that a fair attack on Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida? It's absolutely unfair and ridiculous. Uh, but we will get to that as well on the Medved show. One eight hundred nine five five seventeen seventy six. Okay, first off. There uh, is this, Uh, Merrick Garland was on NBC, the Attorney General of the United States, and Lester Holt uh, asked him a question, and it's a smart question, and it's very appropriate, it seems to me, that that Merrick Garland should face that question, which is, what would it mean if, as the Washington Post, the New York Times, and other mainstream media sources are saying, if they actually do prosecute uh, President Trump for basically interfering with the uh, smooth uh, under the law, law and order transfer of power that he is constitutionally obligated to facilitate. Uh, So wouldn't that tear the country up in a terrible way? Uh, Lester Holt's question and then the answer from the Attorney General of the United States, listen.
2: Used in certain terms the other day that no one is above the law. The indictment of a former president of a perhaps candidate for president would arguably tear the country apart. Is that your concern as you make your decision down the road here? Do you have to think about things like that? Look, we pursue justice
1: without fear or favor. We intend to hold everyone, anyone who was criminally responsible for the events surrounding January 6, for any attempt to interfere with the lawful transfer of power from one administration to another accountable. That's what we do. We don't pay any
2: attention to other uh, issues with respect to that. So Donald Trump were to become a candidate for president again, that would not change your schedule or, or
1: how you move forward or don't move forward? Uh, I'll say again that, uh, we will hold accountable anyone who is criminally responsible for attempting to interfere with the transfer of legitimate lawful transfer of power from one administration to the next okay uh, that goes along with a report in the washington post which says the justice department is investigating president donald trump's actions as part of its criminal probe of efforts to overturn the 2020 election results according to four people familiar with the matter prosecutors who are questioning witnesses before grand jury including two top aides to vice president mike pence have asked in recent days about conversations with trump and his lawyers and others in his inner circle who sought to substitute trump allies for certified electors from some states joe biden won according to two people familiar with the matter both spoke on condition of anonymity to discuss an ongoing investigation The prosecutors have asked hours of detailed questions about meetings Trump led in December 2020 and January 2021, his pressure campaign on Pence to overturn the election, and what instructions Trump gave his lawyers and advisors about fake electors and sending electors back to the states. Now, this term fake electors actually turned up. This is in The New York Times. It turned up in uh, in emails that they have and that the Justice Department has, where they use the term "fake electors." In other words, they recognize that these are not people who were properly certified, or recognized, or elected to be electors in uh, in, in this situation. Now, Trump has responded, and uh, he's responded to the idea of a prosecution going on and investigating him and uh it's in that context they report in mediaite that trump took to his own social media platform truth social and issued what he likes to call a truth it's not a tweet it's a truth and uh what he says is just more disinformation by the democrats like the russia 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 scam impeachment hoax number one Impeachment hoax number two, the long-running Mueller report, which ended in no collusion, and so much more. Now that we have found the answers to those crooked election-changing events, why is the Justice Department not prosecuting those responsible? Plenty of time left. And uh, Trump went on to um, refer again to the rigged election election which seems to be his favorite topic, really his favorite one. He said in uh, continuing this truth, people forget this is all about a rigged and stolen election, but rather than go after the people that rigged and stole it, they go after the people that are seeking honesty and truth, capital H, capital T, and have freedom of speech and many other defenses on their side. Justice Department should look at the crime of the century evidence is massive and irrefutable three exclamation points the Georgia phone calls he says were perfect all caps didn't he say that about that Ukraine phone call also that led to his first impeachment many people and lawyers on both sides were knowingly on the call I assume the call was taped there were zero complaints or angry how dare you charges made during the call and no hang-ups by anyone aggrieved or insulted at what was said they were perfect calls, plural. I was just doing my job as president and seeking fairness and the truth. The election was rigged and stolen, exclamation point. So if Trump is going to give hints of what his defense would be, his defense would be that he was doing his job and trying to expose the truth. And yes, the, uh, that means that the election was in fact rigged and stolen. So in other words, he may turn this latest round of what he calls per- persecution of him, making him the most persecuted individual in the history of the country, he may turn that around to try to use it as an opportunity to prove to the satisfaction of everybody his point about a stolen election. one 800 1776 We will be... On the Michael Medved Show, uh, the headline in Wall Street Journal, Trump, Pence, give competing speeches. So who won that competition? Well, usually between a president and the vice president. The president wins because he's the boss, and certainly this president has uh, an army of extremely loyal supporters out there. Many of them were present at the speech that he gave in Washington. And yes, the, when you actually listen to the audio, when you watch the speeches, uh, there was an incomparably more enthusiastic response waiting for President Trump. Uh, basically, Mike Pence is expected to uh, run for president. He has a book coming out in November called So Help Me God, which is interesting. We, it's his first autobiography and the title suggests that it's going to refer to his oath of office as vice president, which concludes with, so help me God. And also the fact that uh, Pence is a longtime and very outspoken uh, evangelical Christian really does believe in divine assistance. The uh, headline in the Wall Street Journal about the two speeches Uh, The subhead says, former vice president calls January 6th a tragic day. Ex-president says he has been persecuted. Uh, Mike Pence and Donald Trump returned to Washington to deliver competing speeches with the former vice president briefly mentioning the January 6th Capitol riot and saying it was time to look ahead, and the former president attacking the congressional committee that has portrayed him as the mob's ringleader. I don't know that the president and I differ on issues, but we may differ on focus. Mr. Pence said uh, Tuesday morning, that's yesterday morning, of course, to the Young America's Foundation, I truly, truly do believe that elections are about the future. And by the way, Young America's Foundation, the president of Young America's Foundation right now is Scott Walker, who was the two-term governor of Wisconsin and who himself was a considered to be a a very lively presidential possibility back in 2016 before he was early to drop out. And he was early to drop out saying he did so to try to protect against the possibility of Trump winning the nomination and destroying the Republican Party. Well, Trump won the nomination, and the Republican Party is where it is, um, very heavily favored for victories uh, down the road. Uh, coming up in November. Um, I don't know the president and I differ on issues, but we may differ on focus, Mr. Pence said Tuesday morning. He said, I truly do believe that elections are about the future. Uh, Americans, he said earlier, have been through a lot in recent years, including a divisive election and a tragic day in our nation's capital. That was his only reference to January 6th. Nothing about that. Coming within feet of having the mob get hold of him at his Secret Service detail, who were frantically calling their family members to say, well, may not be making it home tonight, honey. Uh, Thank God they did. Mr. Trump, appearing hours later before a group made up of his former administration officials, portrayed himself as endlessly persecuted, bringing up the two impeachment proceedings he faced in office. He derided the January 6th committee as made up entirely of political hacks and thugs. Uh, Where does it stop? Where does it end? He asked. Mr. Trump also repeated his claims of winning the 2020 election. We may just have to do it again, he said to applause. We have to straighten out our country. The biggest applause, however, came when he said that transgender women should be barred from competing in women's sports. He uh, mimicked a biological man easily lifting weights, drawing laughter. It's so disrespectful to women, he said. Uh, Outside the Marriott Marcus, uh, where camps of uh, pro and anti-Trump demonstrators set up, waving signs and banners and uh, shouting at each other, it's always a good sign, the Democratic National Committee paid for a truck to roll by with a mobile billboard welcoming Mr. Trump's return. You lost, it said. Uh, They are welcoming Mr. Trump's return. That's why the Democrats, organized Democrats, are putting in millions of dollars to try to help Trump congressional candidates and election skeptics, people who believe the election was stolen, trying to get them nominated as Republican candidates because there's an assumption they'll have a tough time of winning. Now, this may backfire. In fact, it's already backfiring in Pennsylvania where the Republican candidate who has ties with QAnon is very extreme, is an absolute election denier, who was there in the Capitol as part of the demonstration on January 6th. He's not charged with any criminal. But uh, Doug Mastriani, who's also a Colonel and a retired Colonel in the Army, and is a um, uh, state senator. He uh, he's running neck and neck with the Attorney General of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, in a race where the uh, again Democrats had worked to get him nominated because they thought he would be easy to beat. It's it's completely disgusting strategy to try to run ads for the opposition because you want to pick a weak opposition candidate. The best elections we've had, and this goes back to American history, to senatorial elections, presidential elections certainly, are elections where there are two, two worthy candidates. Wouldn't that be something to hope for at least this time? Uh, Mr. Trump is facing possible legal problems and a Justice Department probe appears to be Gaining momentum, writes the Wall Street Journal, the widely televised hearings have heightened pressure on Attorney General Merrick Garland to pursue a criminal case against Mr. Trump, who has signaled he might make another bid for the White House in 2024. It's not a signal. I mean, he's basically said it. He's all but running. In his remarks Tuesday, Mr. Pence primarily spoke about a need to unify conservatives around common goals as the party looks to regain control of Congress in the midterm elections and looks to defeat President Biden. He criticized a pernicious woke agenda from liberals and big corporations and criticized the administration on border security and energy policy. At the very end of his speech the very first question that he took from the audience is the Young America's Foundation, it's college students mostly, the um, first question from the audience of young conservatives was about the former president and the divide between the two of you. And Mike Pence said this. He said, I don't know that our movement is that divided. I don't know that the president and I differ on issues but we may differ on focus. So uh, what about the fact that President Trump did something I think is very appropriate is he focused on an issue that most politicians, right and left, have been ignoring, which is a huge issue for everybody. It's a homeless issue. So what did Trump have to say about that? We will get to uh, President Trump's contribution to the idea of whether there really is a slump, uh, Trump slump. And what is it that 52 Americans say, 52 percent of all Americans say they fear every day? Imminent danger. How? where we'll get to one of the strange elements of this country right now is how a few words by uh, one office holder in the country I mean literally just a few words can change the lives of hundreds of millions of people, really. Uh, The the market is having a very good day. The market's approaching 600 points up on the Dow Jones. And why? Uh, It says stocks rallied and bond yields tumbled after Jerome Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve, said the Federal Reserve will slow the pace of increases at some point while adding that officials would set policy on a meeting-by-meeting basis rather than offer clear guidance on the size of their next rate move. The Fed's boss said the central bank is bank is moving expeditiously when it comes to dealing with the threat of a recession. Okay, fine, I mean, look, I'm glad they're encouraged. I, I don't really understand why such a in-between, intermediate kind of statement would create all this enthusiasm, but those animal spirits, as Alan Greenspan used to refer to them, have been unleashed on Wall Street. And for people who have 401Ks or who care about the future of the economy or care about the chances of avoiding some kind of dire recession that we quoted uh, Larry Summers as talking about yesterday, well, this is is good news. And I had mentioned uh, good news also was something less to be afraid about for Republicans, which is one of the problems that Republicans have been facing, and everybody has pointed this out, and it's unquestionably the case, is that when people are voting for members of Congress, they generally vote for a party. I, most people don't know that much about their own representative in the House of Representatives, and they, they don't know that much about the people running against that member of the House. But with uh, Senate races, you find out all kinds of stuff about people who are running, particularly if they are celebrities before. One of the seats that should be no problem for the Republicans to hold is the Senate seat in Missouri, which is held by Roy Blunt right now, who is a good, solid uh, conservative Republican. He's been in the Senate and the House before that for a long time. He's part of the Senate leadership. He's retiring. And uh, Missouri, which has been going heavily Republican, for a while it looked like a sure thing. But then Eric Greitens, the former and disgraced uh, governor, got in the race and he was running ahead and there were all kinds of people who said very openly, Republicans, we can't vote for Eric Uh, Greitens. We can't nominate him. This is a guy with an extremely scandalous uh, background, and it's not just personal scandals. It's scandals of mismanaging money for veterans, charities, and all kinds of stuff. In any event, uh, there is a a new poll. This is covered in National Review. It's covered in National Journal, and it's very striking where uh, Greitens seems to have dropped to a distant third place And simply is not likely to win the nomination anymore. Uh, Much more likely to win the nomination and then almost a sure thing to win the election is a guy named Eric Schmidt, who is the Attorney General of Missouri. Uh, Concerning the polling, uh, it says, good news, this is from the National Review, Good news in the Missouri Senate race, where Democrats are banking on disgraced former Governor Eric Greitens winning the Republican nomination to save them. He's also the guy who did that uh, video, the, the ad, uh, showing him leading a squadron of Navy SEALs, uh, fully armed and with um, semi-automatic uh, weapons, crashing into somebody's home. And they said they were going rhino hunting, uh, going after Republicans in name only. And the ad was widely panned because, you know, right now to say that you're going to use violence to do home invasion assaults on people you disagree with who are your fellow Republicans. Okay, so Eric Greitens uh, was uh, the Democrats were counting on Greitens to save them. Greitens, despite tepid fundraising and up-and-down polling in a three-way race, has remained stubbornly within striking distance or at times in the lead. Now, three recent polls in the race all show the state attorney general, Eric Schmidt, pulling ahead. And it's substantial. Uh, Trafalgar has Schmidt at 27 points, uh, Vicki Hartzler, a congresswoman, at 20 points, and, uh, and then uh, Greitens... Is far behind at uh, 20 points and uh, then it, it Emerson has uh, Greitens also falling to third place now it's not over the elections next week but it it does look like this should be a solid Republican seat and the Democrats are going to take one seat more off their priority list and uh, there is a uh, uh, there, there is more uh, for, for, and news concerning their reaction to uh, January 6th, which is not only what the Justice Department is going to do. I the, the interesting thing about that interchange between Lester Holt of NBC and the Attorney General of the United States, uh, General, because you get that title when you're Attorney General, General Merrick Garland, uh, the interesting thing about the the interchange is the assumption that Lester Holt put forward, which is an assumption that it's, it's very hard to see any Attorney General ever making, which is that uh, there's somebody who may be guilty of a crime, in this case the crime of obstructing Congress in an official proceeding maybe even of a seditious conspiracy, that would be much harder to make stick on President Trump. But the point is that you can't say, well, this would be so divisive for the country that we're not going to prosecute someone. Or to say that, well, if he runs for president, then we can't interrupt the election by prosecuting him. Because the other reaction is that, well, if he is guilty, of any of these crimes, isn't it more important to find out, or at least move in that direction, before an election where he could very conceivably be uh, installed for another term as president? Uh, the um, President Trump is talking about his position on issues. And he actually spoke about homelessness, which most candidates for president and for Senate and other offices have not said anything about. Uh, Here was President Trump in his speech to the America First Institute. Uh, Listen.
0: From all places, lying along the roads, that's without the tents. And then you look at the tents and the homeless, and you say, what's happening to this great bastion? Perhaps some people will not like hearing this, but the only way you're going to remove the hundreds of thousands of people, and maybe throughout our nation, millions of people we're talking about, and help make our cities clean, safe, and beautiful again, is to open up large parcels of inexpensive land in the outer reaches of the cities, bring medical professionals including doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, drug rehab specialists, build permanent bathrooms and other facilities, make them good, make them hard, but build them fast, and create thousands and thousands of high-quality tents, which can be done in one day. One day.
1: Okay, uh, It can be done in one day? I'm not sure that's the case. The The other question becomes, uh, how do you persuade people who like being at Center City, who panhandle there, how do you persuade them uh, without force to actually go out there and uh, occupying these campgrounds? Uh, I'm afraid it's not quite as simple as some people would like to see it, but there's more from Trump's speech Highlights, lowlights, we'll get to it coming up on the Medvet Show. Nicole Medved show, uh, look, I give President Trump credit. at least he is addressing a uh, an issue that is a national issue. And it is true that the primary responsibility for that issue is uh, local governments and if not local governments, state governments, but a big federal initiative on homelessness, like the one that uh, President Barack Obama, Uh, instituted, and then it crashed and burned and accomplished absolutely nothing. He had basically said that um, beginning that effort in 2009, that within 10 years, it would end homelessness. There would be no more homeless people on the streets and in the parks and under freeway underpasses. Guess what? It didn't work. One of the biggest flops of the entire Obama administration, and there were many. But uh, the 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 problem you have of moving people out to the countryside and because people live in the countryside and do many rural communities welcome the idea of a a vast a new tent encampment provided by the federal government with uh, doctors and social workers who were apparently paid by the federal government Uh, And given the fact that we are talking about thousands of people, we're talking about, yes, probably hundreds of thousands of people nationwide. There are almost 100,000 in Los Angeles alone. Uh, But when you're talking about all those people, the amount of money that would be invested would be huge. And how do you make that kind of investment without encouraging more homeless people if what they're going to be done is going to be lure them out to the countryside with free goodies and uh, uh, free sustenance of every kind. Uh, 1-800-955-1776. Sid, in Atlanta, you're on the MedVed Show. Hello? Hello, Sid. Hi. Hello.
2: Hey, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you taking my call. You bet. Um, Trump talking about the homelessness, and I hear you talk about the homelessness. And the difference is that Particularly, you talk about how the homeless affects the city. You complain about the homeless. And I think that Trump is a true Democrat. He's the first rhino I ever met. Um, But um, just like Obama wanted to withdraw troops from Iraq, Trump wanted the same thing. Trump wanted universal health care, just like Obama. And uh, Democrats, I mean, the Republicans had to docile him to be a true um, Republican. So I think that um, while Trump is talking about solutions like a Democrat usually do, Republicans usually talk about um, how the homeless looks with the community and, and, and things like that. And and let me ask you one question, Michael, which is not p- pertaining to this. What would Trump's cabinet look like if he went? Who's going to want to run in his cabinet knowing what they know now?
1: Okay, look, I, I think this is one of those things. Um, uh, there was a very big um, piece about this by Jonathan Swan, who spoke to a lot of Trump's closest advisors about what they would be doing. What he has said is he would have a very different cabinet than the first time. He One of the things he would insist upon is that he would only take important people in, in key positions who believe that the election was stolen. He doesn't want any people who understand that Biden is the properly installed president. And he also wants to do something like uh, removing from civil service protection something called uh, uh, section F or category F so that basically he would be able to make sure that in all the top federal appointments uh, going across everything I mean federal aviation administration Food and Drug Administration he would be able to uh, 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 appoint and apply and uh, lift up to cabinet status and other key federal positions people who absolutely agreed with him and were part of his side in the political wars uh, sid i appreciate your call george in tacoma you're on the michael medved show
3: hey michael i i heard you what you said about trump's kind of idea about um, the homelessness. I mean, you've seen what's going on here in Seattle and Tacoma. A lot of these people are breaking the law. I don't think it should be optional for people to get moved to these camps, if you want to call them that. Uh, a lot of these people should be in jail, but the solution of doing nothing and, and just letting these people hang around, a lot of these people are dangerous. I live in Tacoma. I, I work in Tacoma, and you can't go anywhere without feeling safe. I got my teenagers can't even go to the – grocery store without them feeling unsafe these days so i think trump at least has some ideas and some solutions instead of just doing nothing about it and, and your thought about well we can't force people well if they're breaking the law or they're uh using drugs that's breaking the law these people could actually not have an option It's either they go to these camps or they go to jail but doing nothing about it is not the solution as you can I, see i by agree, the way with, you. I the agree with you i agree with you
1: I agree with you completely, and you'll notice I gave Trump credit because at least he's talking about the issue. I don't think uh, there are any other prospective presidents yet who have have even raised the issue because it's so explosive. And what you're saying is absolutely correct. First of all, it is a mental health problem, and there are many, many people, like that woman who shot up Love Field in Dallas uh, on Monday, Uh that you, you need to actually have some kind of uh, greater ability than we have right now to take people who cannot take care of themselves, who are non mentis, who don't know where they are, who are delusional, uh, and sometimes very severely addicted to alcohol or drugs, uh, to uh, place them in, uh, uh, under supervision, and if this means a mental hospital, yes. Uh, if it means some kind of uh, penal institution, if they have broken the law. And frankly, sleeping in public parks in most places is breaking the law, and there are more cities that are attempting to do that. So, George, I I am uh, enthusiastically agree with what you had to say, and you're entirely correct. Uh, Just winking at it and saying, well, we have to bring them more food, and we have to bring them more clothing, and that's going to help them. I think the worst thing we can do on the homeless issue is to make it easier and more acceptable to um, to basically uh, choose a homeless lifestyle which more and more people are doing Uh, and not so much in places where the weather (laughs) at least part of the year is challenging but uh, in California in San Francisco and Los Angeles, and yes, here in Seattle, and yes, in Tacoma, and yes, around the state of Washington as well. It's a uh, very, very difficult situation, and it it is a national crisis that deserves attention. Okay, speaking of attention, there's a claim in Axios by a very respected political reporter named Josh Kraushauer uh, saying that uh, Trump's summer slump is just reaching its climax. And he writes that July and August are likely to mark former President Trump's worst back-to-back months since he left office. And it's a bad time for him because what he's trying to do is make sure that people that he endorses actually uh, get nominated and have a chance to win elections. And right now, the um, the verdict on that has been very, very mixed. By the way, we mentioned Eric Greitens, the disgraced former governor of Missouri who was running for U.S. Senate. Uh, the um, Trump family is very involved in that campaign. Uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle, who is the fiancé of Trump's oldest son, Don Jr., is one of the campaign directors for Eric Greitens. But... Trump hasn't made the mistake of endorsing that former uh, disgraced ex-governor. And uh, why? Because I think at one point, even though he wants to get rid of uh, Mitch McConnell and just said that again two days ago, that he wants to drive Mitch McConnell out of the Senate leadership, I think he does want, sincerely, the Republican Party to take over the U.S. Senate, and this helps make it possible. Uh, there's also uh, good news shaping up in a couple of other key races around the country, one in Michigan and one in Wisconsin. We will get to that and what is it that people are so afraid of? Uh, George in Tacoma said people are afraid to go out because of the homeless. He's right. There are parts of the city of Seattle where people don't even walk. It's like on 3rd Avenue and Pike Street, very problematic. So. What are people afraid of and why are more than half afraid